Hello there, I'm Suparna Goswami, I'm Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have with me today Bradley Hockey, who is VP Financial Crimes Director with Fifth Third Bank. And today we will talk about scams and how the industry can come together to tackle it. Bradley, happy to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on. So Bradley, before we get into this in-depth discussion, why don't you give our audience a bit of background about your experience in the field of fraud? I've been in the and a fraud professional for a number of years now. I started with the, the bank in 2010, moved into the fraud space in 2011, and I've been working with this bank, Fifth Third Bank, since then. I've had a number of different different positions. I started off as an analyst, moved up into a specialist position, then a manager position, and now I'm a director within the fraud operations team. So a little bit about what my team does. We're working through alerts. We're stopping the bad guys. We're helping the victims out. And we're we're saving our bank money while we're doing it. Excellent. So Bradley, as we discussed even before uh, when we were having conversation, was that authorized scams, they do not get reported often because they're tough to classify. So how much have scams grown in the past two years? They've, they've grown quite considerably. And the big... The big issue with that is really the reason is is COVID. COVID's had a, a huge direct and indirect impact in scams. And so you you had COVID starting off where everybody was was kind of locked in their houses. They they weren't getting out much, and so you had people. You had the negative element, the criminals turning towards scams because that's something they could facilitate, and it also led to them identifying new people who are vulnerable to those scams. Along with that, the scammers became more savvy in how they interacted with participants. And so they were they were better at enticing people who might have been vulnerable, desperate, or even just greedy. So unlike the identity and authentication market, uh, the vendor market I'm assuming around scams is yet to mature. At least I do not know Multiple companies, there are companies, but there are not many companies out there who are tackling uh, only scams. So how much are you anticipating growth in this space? I think that there's going to be a lot of growth in the future within this space, but I do think it comes with a huge challenge. The big challenge with these scams are that they're authorized, meaning that the customer, the consumer, they're the ones facilitating the money movement. And so it can be very difficult. Now, there are ways to isolate some of some of the activity. There are certain things that scammers, certain types of transactions scammers want that just are not, they don't match up with the consumer making those. But there are other ones where let's say that they're taking, customers taking out cash. They're going to send cash in the mail. Well, that might not pop up on any anybody's radar because it's not, it's not atypical for a consumer to withdraw cash. And so it's very, you know, even though there's going to be a lot of growth in the space, there's still going to be places where we're going to be limited in any kind of vendor solution. So why do you think, as you already pointed out, these scams are already authorized? So aside from that, why do you think is it, it is hard for banks to get their hands around this kind of scams? I think the big issue is that it's the customer who's the one driving it. They're the ones that are, and they want control of their money. We, you know, as a banker, we want people to have control of their money. But when they don't identify that where they're sending something is, is fraudulent, 
the banks are, are kind of limited in some capacities. In addition to that, oftentimes the scammers are coaching, manipulating the victims or the participants into saying whatever the banker might want them to say. And so you might have an, you might have an instance where you've got a banker who finds it a little bit odd that somebody's withdrawing $5,000. So they'll ask them, you know, why are you withdrawing the money? And the scammer has coached that victim to say, I'm getting my home repaired. I'm getting this or I'm buying that. It's, you can't really ask too many more questions after, after that if the scammers are doing a really good job at coaching. When in reality, it's all some other type of scheme that the person's involved in. And so the customers will, the consumers will spend their money on these scams. And it's just sometimes it's really hard to figure out if they're if they're being coached. So are there any tools that any of the banks can deploy to stop these kind of scams? I mean, I think the the biggest thing is is going to be consumer education. It's going to be making sure that your your customer base understands what types of scams are out there. The, the big problem with that is is deploying it and it's socializing it. So how do you get it? How do you get it out to everybody that this is what a sweetheart scam looks like, that this is what, you know, a, a car purchase scam looks like? The the topic just isn't mainstream enough. One thing to, to point out on that, though, is that banks are taking losses on these. Let's say that a customer deposits a, a fraudulent check. So they're depositing a $10,000 fraudulent check. Funds are being made available available to the customer at some point in time. And they withdraw the funds and send it to a fraudster. Well, that check, that check's going to return. And when that check returns, it creates an overdraft situation. So if the consumer does not address that overdraft situation, that's, that's going to end up being a bank loss. So for the most part, the consumers are the ones that are, that are taking the loss and, in these scenarios because they're sent, they're literally sending out their own money. But in some cases there's not funds to cover. And so the bank assumes the loss in those situations. So it's just, it's what I call the difference between a good fund scam and a bad fund scam. Good fund scam is where the consumer is making their, is, is making a choice with their money that they've had. Bad fund scam is where they're making a choice to send the money with funds that really shouldn't be theirs or the funds that are going to return or are illicit. So aside from consumer education, do you think there are companies out there where you are exploring the tools or, or which industry can prompt you to advise that these are the tools that they can deploy? So I think there's a lot within crypto. From what I've, from what I've seen, I think there's a lot of possibilities within crypto because a lot of a lot of times when scammers are out targeting people, they are targeting vulnerable populations, and some of those populations, like the elderly, they're not really into the crypto game. So if you've got if you've got a solution provider that's targeting money movement involving cryptocurrency, I think that they're they're probably going to be where you'd start out with this, and then you, you can move on from there. I think they're probably further ahead and offering some kind of solution to be able to address this. But that being said, if you get that in place, fraudsters are quick to turn to something else. And so they can, they can turn to drainage methods that may be harder to figure out. 
cash is a hard one. Gift cards are a very hard one too, especially in instances where let's say a consumer goes to a bank, they withdraw $1,000, and then they go from there to buy gift cards. And so there's – they're going to be it's, – it's, at that point, it's not just banking. It's going to be retail stores that really need to understand, yeah, the, the customer is buying $1,000 in gift cards. Why are they doing that? So the point is if you put in something to catch scams, let's say within the crypto space – and you're effective at it, what you're doing is dispersing the scammers to go to go elsewhere. And so you've gotta you've gotta be able to think through where could they be going They're not hitting consumers within that space. Rally, thank you so much for sharing your views. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out for this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You were listening to Bradley Hockey for ISNG. This is Suparna Goswami. Thank you so much for listening.